0: Thank you, Lord. Well, if we dismiss now, we could say we've been to church. Right? <laughs> but you're here. You're are you in a big rush or You know I know it's uh, a lot of modern services are about half the, the length that ours is. Uh But you got to watch about just wanting to check the box and say, I went to church. And if you're, from the time you get to church, if you're thinking about how quickly you can get out, for all the good it's doing you, you know, did, did it benefit you that much to come? Why did you come? God's not interested in vain repetitions going through the motions or ritual, he's always looking at what? The heart. And so um, the thing that makes what we give to him acceptable is willingness, a willing heart that you want to worship him. You want to give to him. You want to honor him. You want to hear his word. You want to know his will. And he knows that. If that's your heart or if it's not, is that your heart yes. church yes. well, then uh, things should happen at church, not just go through the routine and see how quick we can get out. We should come and minister and give God things that he would enjoy yeah. and receive our worship, our praise, our offerings and then we should allow him to give to us the right things that we need, his his words, his uh, wisdom, his plan, the working of his spirit. And only when these things have happened and we're confident that they happened, then we go, okay, (laughs) we can go home, right? Something's supposed to happen at church. Not just run through and say, "Did you go to church?" Yeah, I went. Check the box. <laughs> is that okay? Yes. Turn with me, please, to uh, the book of Proverbs, twenty. We began a new series a while back. I think this is like just the maybe the third part, and uh, it's we're calling it the Spirit of man, the spirit of man. And if you would look with me in Proverbs, the 20th chapter and the 27th verse, it says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Now, um, this should be distinguished between the study of the Holy Spirit. Everybody listening? He didn't say the Holy Spirit is the candle of the Lord. What did he say? Hmm? The the Spirit of man, your Spirit. Your Spirit. Well, are you the Holy Spirit? Let me help you. No. (laughs) No, you're not. Uh, my wife Phyllis she's Sarasota Uh, we used to travel with the (laughs) Hagens, and uh, sometimes she'd want to whisper in my ear what to sing at the night service when I sang and we'd be riding in the car with the Hagens, and she'd lean up I'd be in the front seat with the driver she'd lean up behind me and she'd say this is the Holy Ghost (laughs) sing this tonight (laughs) <laughs> Brother Hagin thought that was so funny And uh, so then in the service Sometime he'd, he'd get so He'd get into this phrase He'd say uh, You know your, um, your mother's not the Holy Ghost your, uh, your wife's not the Holy Ghost And then he'd say Phyllis you're not the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Well They're not, and nor are you. Now, why am I saying this? We need to distinguish between the Holy Spirit and our own spirit. So he said, uh, verse 27, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Now, you're not just talking about your stomach, not your digestive System, But uh, where your belly is located in your being, there, that's also the core of your being, not your s- physical stomach, but your uh, heart. You'll hear that terminology. And again, when you say heart, you're not talking about your physical blood pump. The Bible says for, in Romans 10, for with the heart man believes. He's not talking about your physical blood pump. You can't believe God with your physical heart any more than you can believe God with your lung or with your kidney. Those are physical things. He's talking about spiritual. But we understand this if you talk about the heart of a watermelon. What are you talking about? The core, the center, right? The heart of an oak tree. The heart of a whatever else. But what's the heart of? of a human being well the Spirit and the Spirit God uses as a candle now they didn't have light bulbs back then to, today we, we might liken it to a, a light the the Spirit of man is the light bulb if you will of the Lord well what do you do with a light bulb you use it to light light things up so you can see And we use that terminology when revelation comes to us, not from something we figured out, but something the Spirit of God revealed to us. Oftentimes people will say, I see that. I see that. And literally, spiritually, light came up and enabled you to see something that you had not seen before. And the the Lord uses our own spirit to enlighten us. Uh, the W.E.B. says the spirit of man is Yahweh's lamp, searching all his innermost parts. Co- the complete Jewish Bible says it like this. The human spirit is a lamp of Adonai. It searches one's inmost being. I like that translation. I think it's accurate. A- and it adds the word. It helps you to understand, like we said, the The, the difference. Uh, This is something that you need to distinguish in the New Testament particularly. There are some times where you'll see the word spirit and it's referring to the human spirit, not the Holy Spirit. There are other times you just see the same word spirit and it's referring to the Holy Spirit. And you have to look at the context to see uh, who it's referring to. And to make matters more confusing, a lot of the modern translations... Thinking they're helping you. They capitalize or don't capitalize. Or they actually insert the word Holy Spirit when it wasn't there. Beware of modern translations. Hmm? Recently I've seen some atrocious (laughs) translations. It is so disrespectful of the word. How many understand? You're not supposed to just take words and just jam them in and say they were inspired that completely change the reading and meaning of what the Scripture said. Now, the original Word of God is inspired and perfect. Not all the following translations are. And a lot of them are not even translations. They shouldn't be called translations. They're paraphrase. Hmm? I, don't, I don't care how many initials you got behind your name. I don't want you telling me what you think God said. I want to know what he said, yeah, amen. right? Yes, and the Holy Spirit will help me do my own thinking. Yes, you agree? Yes. Well, the reason I'm saying it is because people are reading all these modern translations and don't realize that some of the text has been altered so much it no longer even resembles the original. So uh, get you a good something to check by. I use Young's Literal. A lot. You've seen me use that. He was the also the man that uh, that penned Young's Concordance. He ought to know a thing or so about the language. And there's several others ones that you you know. I'm not saying that his is perfect either. But uh, you know, once in a while, look up a word, right, and see if it really says what it means. And one of the you know one of the surest ways. One thing that helps me out. I will look up every way that word was translated in the New Testament. And if it wasn't consistent in the the translations, then I go, "Uh uh-oh, somebody decided to use different words. And so I got to be more watchful. But the great thing about it, the author of the book lives inside you. Hmm? He knows what he said. Right? And if you'll just be, be keen to him, and it's the same thing we're talking about, he will quicken and enlighten your own human spirit when you see something that's not quite right, and you'll think, hmm, something doesn't seem quite right about that. Well, you best check it out then. <laughs> the author's letting you know, no, that's not what I said. <laughs> the, the Word of God is perfect, has zero errors, you cannot say that about all the translations. Um, but God uses our own spirit to enlighten us and to lead us. Look with me in Romans the 8th chapter. Romans 8 and 14. And I'm reading this from the Wiest translation. Romans 8, 14. It says, For as many as are being constantly led by god's spirit these are sons of god and this is a different word from children this is implying did you see the word constantly being led and this is this is a picture of a maturing one somebody that's growing up somebody that's developing by continually being led by god's spirit verse 15 For you did not receive a spirit of slavery again with resulting fear, but you received the spirit who places you as adult sons. See what I'm talking about? By whom we cry out with deep emotion, Abba, Father. This is insight into the Holy Spirit. He's also called the spirit of Christ. He's also called the spirit of our Father. Because he represents both. Verse 16. The Spirit itself. Now that's the King James. Can we go back to the West? The Spirit himself is constantly bearing joint testimony with our spirit that we are God's children. I believe this is accurate here too. The spirit himself, that's a better translation than itself. If you look up the word, it's altos. The spirit himself is not not just once in a while, constantly bearing witness with what part of our being? Not our intellect, not our emotions, not our body. I know I struggled with this as a uh, young man, uh, 16, 17 years old. Uh, I knew God began dealing with me, and I didn't know why. Uh, I had a plan. It had nothing to do with ministry. didn't involve ministry. I never thought of myself as a preacher. I never considered being a preacher, never. And the Spirit of God began to deal with me. I began to feed on some things that built up my faith, and I didn't realize it then. But what happened is when my spirit began to be fed, it got stronger, and I began to be more aware of it. Because the weaker your spirit is, the easier it is to suppress it, and the less aware you are of it. What's the big deal about that? Well, the Holy Spirit is inside you, (laughs) inside your spirit, and he's going to lead you through your own spirit. So the more aware I am of my own spirit, the more aware I'll be of the Holy Spirit. Who's leading me through my own spirit? I didn't realize it at the time, but that's when I began to be more and more aware that God was wanted something from me. He was dealing with me about something, and and uh, uh, when I fed on good word, my my spirit was fed, and so I began to be bothered. Phyllis and I got married real young and, and still into that. I, I had, a, uh, had a pretty good job for the area. I mean, it was nothing spectacular, but for the area, it was one of the better ones. And I, I had a beautiful wife. I had a fast car. had a fast motorcycle. I had a dog that caught my Frisbee. I mean, for a country boy. <laughs> know? I'm doing all right. But I began to be dissatisfied, really dissatisfied. And I mean, in the middle of the night, I uh, I couldn't sleep. I'd get up and I'd go in our little trailer home and I'd kneel, you know, on the red shag carpet next to our genuine imitation leather sofa, plastic, and uh, I If I said it once, I must have said it hundreds of times. God, what do you want? What? What is it? I'm I'm wanting to hear something with these ears. I'm wanting to feel something with this body or my emotions. I'm wanting to see something because I'm so natural and carnal, I want Him to be natural, (laughs) but He's not. God is spirit. Have you read that in John? God is spirit. They that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. I mean, there were times I'd be so, so I don't know, dissatisfied. I'd go out in the woods at midnight. I'm looking up in the sky. I'm, I'm pressed. I'm, I'm crying sometimes. God, what? What do you want? I'm, I'd be looking in the sky. I want to see something. <laughs> you know, we laugh about it, but write it in the sky. You're looking for some kind of outward. This is a mistake. Looking outwardly to be led is lack of understanding. The enemy is in this world. He can do things in this world. If you're led by external things, you can be easily misled. Now what I didn't realize, God had a call on our lives. I wasn't supposed to go the way I was looking. I was supposed to go a completely different way, Phyllis and I. We were supposed to go... And get trained for ministry. And uh, but for months this went on. I'm wanting to feel something, I'm wanting to hear something. And finally, you know, sometimes you kind of have to run out of gas, and finally get quiet. I was up again in the living room praying, and I finally just kind of collapsed. On the carpet, and I had been say I must have said it, you know, scores of times that night. Well, God, speak to me. What is it? Speak to me. Speak to me. And and laying there on the on the carpet, now I didn't hear a voice, but de- but inside me. Anybody can can you imagine where this was coming from? The Holy Spirit through my spirit. It was illuminating my mind. The Lord said, again, I didn't hear an audible voice, but I, I knew it distinctly. He said, son, the book. <laughs> I looked and the Bible was sitting over on the, the table. Hadn't been opened in a while. He said, son, I've said many things to you in the book. Find out what I've already said to you. And if I want to say something else to you, I will. How many have found that God will speak to you through the book? He'll speak to you through the Bible, and he'll speak to you by his spirit, which is the same. I mean, there are numerous uh, humans that penned this and said this, but it was the same spirit working through all of them, and that's the same Spirit who's inside you. Same Spirit. The author of the Bible lives in you. Do you believe it or not, child of God? The, uh, say it out loud. The author of the whole Bible lives in me 24-7. He's there. He's there. So I begin... To, to get more in the word. And, and feed on the word. And he began to talk to me. Through the word. And over a period of months. Phyllis did too. Over a period of months. We got an, enough word into us. And, and I, I didn't realize then what was going on. But we needed our faith to be built up. To where he could tell us. What he wanted us to do. Because if he tells you. Before you have faith to do it, before your spirit's there, you'll just go, oh, no way. There's no way. We, we can't do that. There's no way. And so he's got to get you built up to even hear his plan. Can you see that? And so he got us built up enough to where he, he spoke to us. And again, not a notable voice, but he caused us to know that we should go out to uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma and attend the Kenneth Hagen Camp Meeting. Now that might not sound like a big deal to you right now, but to us back then, it was like, you know, almost going to another world. I mean, it was we were country folks, and we had never uh, gone much or done much outside of our home area, and and for one thing, didn't have any money to go. But we uh, we had gotten our faith built up. To where instead of just kicking that down and going, are you kidding? We got jobs. We can't go. We don't have money. We can't go. Do you see how unbelief talks? Yeah. And But instead of doing that, our spirit had gotten built up to to where we thought, well, if God wants us to go, we should be able to go. Yeah. So we began to agree in faith. We claimed what we needed to come in and... and uh, uh, thank God my folks got a little car, that little Fairmont that dad bought, dad and mom got, and they said, well, you can take it, and you can go out there. And, uh, we got time off from our jobs, and, um, it worked out perfectly, and we didn't have the money, even for our hotel or meals, uh, days before we are supposed to go, but when we got, got ready to come home and pack that night, um. Uh, Phyllis said guess what uh, I got money and I said guess what me too people gave us money people handed us money we had plenty of cash to pay for our gas and our little hotel room and our little meal now we didn't eat fancy we we stayed at the meeting and ate those uh, uh, nachos with the liquid cheese <laughs> but we're at the meeting come on can you see what I'm talking about and while we were there, we stayed the whole week, went to all the services. It was amazing, wonderful, life-changing. And while we were there, they were giving tours out to the Rhema campus, the Rhema Bible Training Center, and we were both impressed that we should go take the tour, and it cost nothing. You could <laughs> ride the bus. And, and we, uh, we went out there in between services and beautiful campus. And we're walking through the buildings, and I remember it distinctly. It was SDC building number two in the music department. We were walking through there, and in my spirit, I just knew we're supposed to come here. I didn't hear an audible voice. I didn't see anything. Where am I getting this, church? Huh? This is my spirit. It's coming from the Holy Spirit. But it's coming through my own spirit. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Illuminating, enlightening, leading and guiding. So I I didn't say anything to Phyllis. And I just kept walking through there. But I knew in my spirit that that I had that witness about we're supposed to come here. Didn't know how. I mean, it took all the faith we had to come out for a meeting. So how are you going to do this? So we finished the tour. We got back on the bus. We're riding back on the bus. It's July. It's hot. And Phyllis looked at me. and She said, did you, you ever know you were supposed to do something and you didn't want to do it? And I played dumb. I said, what? (laughs) What what are you talking about? She said, it stinks here. (laughs) We were down. The convention hall was downtown, and it was close to the refinery across the river. And in July and August, it smells. And uh, so we didn't talk much more about it. But we had several hours on the drive home. And we began to discuss it. And as the weeks went by, well, school started in September. And this is uh, end of July, I guess, or somewhere around there. Not much time. But over those next few weeks, the more we prayed about it, the more we looked at it, we just uh, we knew we were supposed to go. And so we made steps. And one thing led to another. But if we hadn't done that, I wouldn't be preaching to you today. Do you understand this? One thing led to another, led to another. And every great thing that has happened in our lives, that's how it happened. The Spirit of God caused us to know, go here. Now, now you think about how this started. Our whole ministry and this whole path. Go attend a meeting. Did you hear that? See, you can get in your head and go, well, I'm too busy to go to a meeting. And the Lord won't tell you all the stuff you missed for the following 40 years. (laughs) Because you didn't go to the meeting. Somebody says, well, I wish you would. Well, he wishes you'd just trust him. (laughs) Enough. To obey him. <laughs> Where'd that come from? <laughs> I think it came up right out of here. <laughs> Enough to obey him and, and take a step. D- does God require faith? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. It's not an option. He requires it. He will not tell you the whole thing. He will not show you the whole thing on purpose. He'll show you enough to take a step yes, and if you've got enough faith to take that step He'll show you some more That's right. then He'll show you some more That's right. but one thing about it, if you will take those steps He will lead you into some amazing places yes, oh just in these past 40 years the things God has let us be a part of and be around and be involved in far beyond anything I would have ever imagined back in that little trailer. Huh? Truly exceeding abundantly above all I asked or thought or we asked or thought. But according to that power that is working, they'll come, huh? In us. According to the power that's working in us, he is able to do so much. Can you say amen? Go with me, please, to the book of Genesis. Well, the Lord's helping us with this, isn't he? I am so thankful. Faith, life, church, people will be some of the most spiritually aware, huh? and some of the best spirit-led most led by the Spirit, people. Anywhere, some of the best and some of the most aware. Anywhere. Amen. Well, you should have definitely said Amen right there. You should have definitely, huh? I'm talking about you. Talking about you. I'm talking about you, Sarasota. I'm talking about everybody online. This is. Well, I feel like I'm a part of the family. Well, you better pep up and talk then. That's right. Agree that you are confess that you are Why? got to give the Lord something to work with right, give him something to bless something to, something to work with uh, I'm, I'm moving too quick go, go to uh, Hebrews hold your place in Genesis 2 but go to Hebrews 12 right now Hebrews 12 12 9 Hebrews twelve nine. It says, Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the father of spirits and live? God is called what? The Father of Spirits. Not just the father of minds or the father of intellects. No. The father of spirits. He is spirit. And what I had to learn back when I described to you some of the earliest days of, before we even knew we were supposed to be in the ministry, I had to stop trying to hear God through my ears. And I had to stop trying to feel God through goosebumps or hot flashes or cold flashes or whatever. I, I had to stop trying to uh, get direction from God through seeing something out here in this realm and learn to focus on spirit. Spirit. God is spirit. I am spirit. I'm a spirit. Angels are spirits. Wrong spirits. Demons are spirits. And all human beings, all human beings are spirits. Not just minds and bodies. Not just brains and bodies. There's much more to you. This is what confuses people that adhere to evolution. They're only looking at the outside. And certainly there's a lot of similarities between our bodies and the bodies of animals. We're actually made out of the same material. Dirt. <laughs> huh? And uh, you know, God knows what works, whether it's vertebra or blood or nerves or you know, brain cells. It, it, same kind of thing works in a human body that works in a, um, some animal's body. But we're not just a body. Our body, the Bible tells us, is just the vessel that we live in. It's called our house. 2 Corinthians 5 calls this body our house. Our house. I'm a spirit. I live in this body. I'm not a body. I have a body. Come on, say that out loud. I'm not a body. I live in a body. I'm spirit. Now, I've said this before, but you know, when it comes to people that have died, it's it's a lack of understanding to go to try to talk to that person at the casket or to go out to the cemetery and stand by the tombstone and try to talk to that person. They're not there. The, the old shell that they used to live in is there. They have left it. Hmm? So it's a lack of understanding, and I know sometimes people are hurting, but one of the reasons they're hurting is they don't understand that person did not cease to exist. You have not lost them forever, and if they're a believer, and you're a believer, you'll see them again very, very soon, and you'll never be separated again. So why should you sorrow like those who have no hope? Sure, maybe you miss them. You can even shed a tear, but you don't sorrow like they're gone forever, like you have no hope, and you don't need to stand out there by the graveside and try to talk to them. They're not there. I'm not at my house right now. I'm here at the church. So you shouldn't go pull up in front of my house and talk to me. Now, you're laughing, but that's exactly what people are doing when they're standing at the graveside trying to talk to somebody. It'd be like you being at my house right now, trying to talk to me. I'm not there. Why am I going into all this? Because we need to understand and be fully convinced of the difference between spirit and body. I'm not a body. I have a body. Hmm? And even when my body dies... That's not the end of me. I slip out of that body like a hand comes out of a glove. Like a foot comes out of a boot. You'll come out of your body. And you won't turn into an angel? That'd be a demotion. It would be. The Bible said we shall judge angels. You're a, you're a son of God. Oh, we don't know what that is. We, we, don't, we don't know what that is. You're a son of Of the most high God. Even the most mighty angels. Are not. They are not. We are the redeemed ones. We are special forever. The highest price. That has ever been paid for anything. In the universe. Was paid for us. All of the. Precious blood. Of the spotless lamb. Which had in it. The life of God was paid for us. We are the apple of His eye. We are special, so special to Him. We're made in His likeness and image. He's spirit. I'm spirit. Come on, sit out loud. I'm, I'm a spirit. I'm a spirit. I, live in a body. I live in a body. Amen. You know, I believe it was, was it... Dr. John G. Lake, they said, uh, liked to dress nice, and they said sometimes he'd look in the mirror after he dressed in a new suit or something, and he'd look in the mirror to himself, he'd say, God lives in that man, in that nice suit of clothes. (laughs) He's talking about on the inside, the inside, what's inside. And uh, I believe it was Smith Wigglesworth who, who was quoted to say, he said, I'm a I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside <laughs> than I am on the outside. <laughs> well, if we have, think about this, and I'm I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but well, if we have the capacity, the Bible said that we're to pray that we would know the length, the breadth, the depth, and height, and to know the fullness of God. We have that capacity. We have the capacity inside us to embrace, to understand, and to be filled with all the fullness of God. That's a God-like capacity. Right? If you can fit a God-sized thing (laughs) in you, that's a God-like capacity. And it's because we truly are made in his likeness and image. We're we're patterned after him. Go with me to Genesis now, please. Genesis 2. God is called the Father of what? The Father of spirits. All human beings are spirits. All angels are spirits. All demons and evil spirits are obviously spirits. And spirits can exist apart from bodies. You don't have to have a body to exist. You've got to have a body to be on the earth and live in this life. Your, your body is like your earth suit. Yeah. You, le- you lose your body. You can't just hang around the earth and haunt people. No matter what anybody says. So, well, how do you explain all that phenomena? Evil spirits. Evil spirits are here. And they imitate people. That they were familiar with. In this life. And they know things about people. That nobody else could know. But they're not them. They're deceivers. Human spirits. When your body dies. You leave here. You go up. Or you go down, but you don't hang around. <laughs> now you're laughing, but that, that messes up a lot of people's ideas, you know, including purgatory. <laughs> you have challenge finding that in the Bible. Genesis 2, are you there? Verse seven. It said, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. And then did what? Breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Now that word breath could also be translated spirit. The same word is translated both ways. Um, In the Greek, it's the word uh, pneuma. But the Hebrew word is similar. And the same word is is translated spirit and or breath and is also translated wind. Think about the day of Pentecost. There came a what? When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all one accord in one place. And there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. And there appeared cloven tongues like as a fire and it came in and sat on them Well, this is no ordinary atmospheric disturbance. This is not a tornado. Right? This is not a tropical storm. This is what is the the spirit. The Holy Spirit blew in. Hallelujah. And he manifested as wind and as fire. Now you think about this. The air they felt was real. But what was moving the air? Because they weren't having a storm outside. <laughs> what was moving the air? Is everybody awake? Yeah. This is very important to understanding what, what comes next to Do you remember... Well, just hold your place. Go to John, the third chapter, gospel account of John. Hold your place there in Genesis, please. John 3. Are you okay? Have you got a few more minutes for this? John 3.5. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say to you, except a man be born of water and of what? The Spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Marvel not that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows. Now, has he changed subjects? What's he talking about? The Spirit. Now he's talking about wind. He's using something natural we understand to help us understand something you can't see. Something that's in another dimension. The wind blows where it lists. You hear the sound thereof, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone that's born of the Spirit. You can feel the wind. You can see the effects of the wind. But what is pushing the wind? What what you feel is air. I mean, you know, if I if I, if I move my body, and don't, don't, my, my Bible, don't be scared, Chris. And I move it like this. Did you feel anything, Chris? Huh? Yep. What did he feel? He felt air. But... What moved the air, something had to move the air, right? And what he's saying here is there's an unseen force that's moving something that's seen. And the Holy Spirit is this way. He said he's like the wind. He moves, he influences, he affects things in this natural realm. But he's unseen. You can't tell where he came from to get to there. Or after it manifested, you can't tell where he manifested next. You experience the results of it. Well, back to Genesis 2 now. We'll see a connection that we should not allow to separate in our mind. God formed man of the dust of the ground. Now, this is amazing. He formed our body. Organs. Blood vessels. Out of the element of the ground. And we are amazingly made. The psalmist said fearfully and wonderfully made but we're just our, his Adam's body just laying there. Everything's there, but there's no life. And then God did what? Breathe. Breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Now actually the word soul I don't think should be there. You can do your own study. Actually, I think the word being would be an accurate word, a living being. I say this because the word translated soul here in the same King James Bible is translated 28 different times, different ways, 28 different ways, very confusing, and it's because of such a lack of understanding of spirit, soul, and body heart, mind. So once in a while here in this study, I'm going to be a little technical. Is that all right? I'm going to say that's not the word because I think it's key to our understanding. Uh, I believe I have this in another translation here. Um, Thank you, Lord. Amplified. Amplified. Yeah, the Amplified does good on this. Verse 7 Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath, or you notice what the Amplified says, or the spirit of life, and man became a living being. And notice that this happened. At the same time that the man started breathing, the spirit, and this is one of the reasons why it's been challenging to distinguish, because the spirit and the breath are connected. They're connected. What happens when the spirit leaves a body? They stop breathing. Right? That's one of the ways you know the spirit has left the body. Why? They're no longer breathing. Well, think about this. What is causing the breath? We take it for granted, but you're doing it right now, right? Breathing in, breathing out. What's causing that? There's got to be some force, and, I, you know, people imagine they can. Uh, Narrow it down to uh, muscles of the rib cage and contraction of the lungs. And uh, okay, okay, okay. But back up further. Uh, what causes that to happen? Well, it comes from, uh, you know, regions of the brain, synapses and nerve impulses that cause these involuntary uh, things to happen. Your heart to beat, your lungs to breathe. Okay, where does it come from to get to there? And that's where people get misty eyed and go, it's the mystery of life. <laughs> it's life force. Yeah, you're right. Where did it come from? It's it is the mystery of life, but it is spirit is what it is. It's spirit. And it came from the Father of spirits. Oh, hallelujah. And when God did this, put it back up in the Amplified Genesis 2:7. Now, is God a human being? The Father? Does He have a physical body that we know of? Not that we're aware of. Jesus has a physical body, but the Father? You see, anything in the Scripture you see about Him? It doesn't sound like. It doesn't look like He's got a physical body. Scripture said from His loins up, it looked like fire. And loins down like, like fire. Uh, he's spirit. So then. If he doesn't have physical lungs. Does he need to breathe? Like us? Uh-uh. So this word breathe. Can be misleading to our minds. He's not breathing. He's not respirating. Like us. So what did he do? He forced into the man some of himself. The spirit of life. Come on, can you see that? He pushed into the man something right out of himself that makes him alive. <laughs> and when he did, everything activated. Glory, Glory to God. The man's brain became alive His heart started beating Pumping the blood There was oxygen and life in the blood And, and, and all the, uh, the, the kidneys and, and the muscles began to twitch And the marrow began to work in the bones What life. life, 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 life The spirit of life Oh, can you say glory to God? Glory to God And what happens when you die? That spirit that originally came out of God and into Eve, Adam and Eve, and into all their offspring returns to the one that gave it. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, can you say glory to God? Glory to God. Do we need to know about spirit? Do you reckon the church has been too ignorant of this, this subject? I'm talking about all of us. We, so that's why we're on it, yeah. right? We're believing God. Yeah. Say it out loud, Lord. Teach us more. Teach us more. Show us more about who You are, what You are, Your Spirit, what Spirit is. That I'm a Spirit. Teach me about this. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. He. Uh, God, this is not mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. There was nothing to resuscitate. He had never been alive, this this body. And you've got to say that because we keep thinking respiration. God don't do that. He doesn't need to. And truth be told, you don't need to do it either to exist. Your body needs to do it to keep functioning. But you don't need to do it. <laughs> and if the Lord tears is coming, one of these days your body will quit breathing. And that means your spirit, the, the life force in you that was causing your brain to work, that was causing your heart to beat, that was causing your lungs to expand and contract, that was causing your muscles to do all that, that was causing you to push out a breath and to draw it. See, there's some life force behind all this. When that spirit leaves, and you know what James says, the body without the spirit is dead. So the life that's in the body is the Spirit? I want you to notice this in the book of Acts, and this this touches on some things that have been happening here in recent times. In the book of uh, Acts, chapter seventeen, and I'll give you another one here on our way there. Extra little little lanyap little lanyap. <laughs> Anybody here know what lanyap is? Yeah. Lanyap. Phyllis is a Cajun and all her people, they, uh, lanyap means extra. Mm-hmm. Like if you got some uh, etouffee <laughs> and they scoop some on your plate, you say, how about some lanyap? They can put you another scoop. <laughs> God is the God of lanyap. More than enough extra. You're going to Acts 17 But on the screen put up for me uh, Isaiah 42, uh, 5. Isaiah 42, 5. It says, Thus says the Lord, the, the God, the Lord, He that created the heavens, stretched them out, He that spread forth the earth and that which comes out of it, He that gives breath to the people upon it and spirit to them that walk therein, in it. He's talking about people prior to Jesus' resurrection and ascension. Righteous people went to a place in the heart of the earth called Abraham's bosom. And there was a separation where unbelievers went was a place of torment. And here he's saying that there are people on the planet breathing. But there's people in the planet, they're not breathing, but they still got spirit. Can you see that? Let me read it to you again. He that gives breath to the people where? On it, and spirit to them that walk therein. In Acts 17, 24, I know I'm giving you a lot, but I think you can take it. A lot of you have been with us for how long, you know? Five, ten, fifteen years? years. We should have grown. Yes, sir. Yeah, right. We should be able to uh chew something besides just a little milk. Come oh, on. Yes, Is that sir. right? Should be able to and, and and if you're not used to chewing, well that's all right. Just let it marinate. <laughs> Soften up and then chew it some more. <laughs> and if you don't think all your teeth has come in, then just keep gumming it. <laughs> Until your teeth come in until you grow up and you get a full set. (laughs) Uh, 1724 says, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwells not in temples made with hands. We thank God for this great building and the one in Sarasota and our lands and all this stuff. But this is not the house of God. It's not. My body, the Bible said, is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And all of the body of Christ together make up the house of God that he indwells and will indwell in even a greater way in more full manifestation in time to come. Verse 25. Neither is he worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he gives to all life and breath and all things. See, he he distinguishes between life and breath. You could say it like this, spirit and breath. Because it's the spirit of life. Don't you remember he's called that? The spirit of life. Verse 26, and he has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, which is why we've not left our solar system yet, among other things. Did you notice this? He's made of one blood. All nations of men. There is a lot of turmoil and unrest in our country yet over what people are terming racism. And there's been a lot of injustice and problems on numerous sides. We're not endeavoring to address that right now. I did spend some time a few weeks ago, a whole service, on a message we called The Race Lie. The Race Lie, and if you want to hear it or watch it, you can go online, and it's in the under the recent messages. The title is The Race Lie, and I get into on that something that the Lord gave me back a few years ago when there was unrest in Ferguson here in Missouri, and I asked the Lord during that time, I said, Lord, why do we keep having resurgences? Of this same thing I mean if you look back decades ago if you look back further than that it just keeps resurging it just keeps resurging what what is the cause and the Lord again I don't mean I heard a voice but inside me he said the root of racism is race race is based on the concept of race is based on lies it's a construct of human beings of men. When you hear the term black and white, it does not describe color really. It's not a color, it's a category. And it's based on teachings of evolution, contrary to the Bible. Y'all with me or not? How about this phrase right here? God has made of what? How many bloodlines? How many bloodlines? How many blood lines? Many blood lines? Eve is called in the book of Genesis the mother of all living. You believe that or not? Yes, then when we say we laugh and say, well, he's just a brother from another mother. Actually, the same mama. <laughs> <laughs> huh? And this stuff about maintaining a pure bloodline or separation of bloodlines means you don't believe the Bible. You have more in common with Darwinism and Nazism. Because that's where the concepts of race came from. And if you want to educate yourself... Answer this question. How many races are there? If you say, well, I believe there's difference in the races. Okay, how many are there? Three, four, six, eight? I've studied this a little bit. You'll see a range from two to 52. Why? After the end of World War II, some of the most brilliant minds of the day after seeing what Hitler did to the Jewish people, and that was all based on race. They came to the conclusion and even announced that there is no scientific validation for the existence of different races. Go read about it. Ask yourself the question, if you're light-skinned, how dark can you be until you're no longer white. If you're dark-skinned, how light can you be till you're no longer black? I no longer use the terms race or black or white. I believe to do so is to help perpetuate the very problem. Now you've got to make up your own mind but i'm not here to reteach that it's online if you want to see it and hear it go it's called the race lie take the time to go through it if you care i no longer refer to people as black or white because i've come to understand it doesn't describe color it's a category and being dark skinned or light skinned or dark hair or light hair straight hair curly hair or green eyes, or blue eyes, or brown eyes does not make you a different category of human being. Amen. And when this no longer exists, racism will no longer exist because you can't have racism without race. Y'all with me? God has made of all nations. What? Anybody in the church believe the Bible up here? Huh? one blood one blood so all this other stuff are lies and deception and confusion thank God for the truth it will make you free it will make you so free the free people will say you want to see somebody free (laughs) oh somebody say glory to God Glory to God. God. Thank God. Praise, Praise God. God. Bless God. Bless God. Oh, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. In closing, I think, uh, go with me to uh, 1 Corinthians 15, and I'll put one on the screen, and then we'll read this, and I think we, we're here. Uh Job 33, 4. Job 33, 4 says it like this. The Spirit of God has made me. And the breath of the Almighty has given me life. The breath of life is inseparable from the Spirit of life. And the reason I'm breathing and my heart's beating. And my brain is functioning is because I, the Spirit, am in here. I'm inside here. You're sitting right there right now looking at me through those two windows we call eyes. And I don't really see you. I see your house. I see the house you're living in. You're inside there. And you can exist apart from this body and you will exist apart from the body. But thank God, in redemption, even our body's been redeemed. Hmm? And even though we get out of it for a while, we're going to come back and pick it up. And it's going to be changed. Incorruptible. Immortal. In 1 Corinthians 15.45 is a powerful statement. And we'll leave you with this, I think. 1 Corinthians and I'm reading this out of the Young's literal translation again because they use the word soul here and I don't think it's appropriate you study for yourself don't just take my word for it. 1 Corinthians 15.45 he says so as also it has been written the first man Adam became a living creature or creation and you remember we read in the Amplified uh, God breathed or imparted the spirit of life or the breath of life into the man and he became a living being. Or here it says a living creature. And the last Adam, anybody know who that is? That's Jesus. Adam's first Adam. Jesus is the last Adam. Is a life-giving Spirit. A life giving spirit. Not just a living being, but a life giving spirit. So, everybody who has been born of flesh and of water is a living being, like Adam. And they have, they are spirit. And they have life from that standpoint, but not eternal life. But when you accept Jesus and you receive him, the Spirit of God comes in you. And the Scripture says, baptizes or immerses you into the body of Christ. And you are born again. (laughs) And you are no longer just a living creature. The life-giving spirit resides inside you. Oh, hallelujah. And according to Jesus, you can never die. And the second death has no power over you. Hallelujah. And when it comes time for you to slip out of this body, Jesus said, you won't even see death. You won't even taste death. He said, because I tasted it for everybody. Woo! Oh, somebody say glory to God. Stand on your feet, everybody. I'm a living spirit.